Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. 1 Corinthians 12 from the New King James Version. By the way, welcome. Glad to be with you today. And I invite you to just read the word with us every single day. It'll change your life over time. God's word. All right. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I love that phrase. I do not want you to be ignorant. This is not just Paul writing. This is the Holy Spirit writing through Paul. God does not want us to be ignorant. I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried about or carried away with these dumb idols. Dumb not meaning stupid. Dumb meaning uh, unable to speak. So he says, you know that you were carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking. See, the idols were mute. But no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And so notice he's, he's going to go into now talking about spiritual gifts, things of the Spirit. In fact, chapters 12, 13, and 14, we're going to be talking about the power or the gifts or the manifestation of the Spirit. And that's what we're going into here. And so he says, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. In other words, there were people back in Paul's day that would come to the Corinthian church or be a part of the uh, one of the house churches that were part of the overall Corinthian church that would say things claiming to be said by the Holy Spirit or with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, but, but they weren't. So Paul's just clarifying, look, the Holy Spirit's never going to speak something that says that Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So in other words, here's something the Holy Spirit won't lead people to say, but here's something the Holy Spirit will lead people to say, uh, that Jesus is Lord. And then he goes on to say this, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So let me unravel that a little bit for you. There are diversities of gifts, and we're going to go over those gifts in just a few verses here. Nine manifestations of the Spirit. He said there are different gifts, but it's the same Holy Spirit. And we'll see that in these subsequent verses as well. It'll keep saying, by the same Spirit, by the same Spirit. So there are different gifts, nine that he'll list, by the same Holy Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. So notice we've got the Spirit over the gifts or the manifestations, but then we have ministries, but the same Lord. So this is Jesus, the Lord. And then it says there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. And you could say it's the same God who works all the gifts of the Spirit through all the ministries of the church. So it's the same God. In other words, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are working together in, with various power, powers, we could say, of the power of God. And they're working in collaboration, working the gifts of the Spirit or the manifestation of the Spirit through the various ministries that God is working this by the Holy Spirit 
and by the Lord Jesus Christ over the ministries. So he goes on to say, and here's where we begin, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit, notice the capital S, at least in the New King James here, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one, or we could say each person, for the profit of all, or for the benefit of all, we could say. So Paul's pointing something out here, that when the Holy Spirit is manifesting his gifting through you, one of these nine powers or gifts or manifestations, he's not doing it just to benefit you. But these manifestations of the Spirit are for the benefit of other people. And so he says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the profit or the benefit of others, all. For to one, and here's the first one, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, and I'll just read them all off and then I'll come back to them. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit works all these nine, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So, I've actually done a couple of series on this, one shorter, one longer. One is on my website, solidlives.com, and it's just simply called, I believe, The Gifts of the Spirit. Uh, the other one is called The Power of the Spirit. The Gifts of the Spirit is just three lessons, and I take three of these gifts at a time. But the other one is eight lessons long. It goes into a little bit more depth about these, and both are... Both are helpful. But let me just hit them quickly now. Notice it starts off with the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is when, uh, by the Holy Spirit, the Lord gives you some wisdom that you could not ordinarily have. Often this will be something to do, something to do. So it's predicting what God's going to do. When you do this, he'll do it. An example of this is when Jesus told Simon Peter, go cast a hook into the sea, and the fish that comes up first, there'll be a coin in its mouth. And so... Uh, well, of course, somebody said, well, how would Jesus know that? Well, that is true. That might be considered a word of knowledge that he knew about the coin that would be in the fish's mouth. However, to tell Peter to go do something, he gave him wisdom that wasn't natural wisdom, it was supernatural wisdom, to be able to go down to the sea, cast the hook in, and the power of God met his obedience. See, so a word of wisdom would be giving wisdom to somebody that's not just natural logic and reason. You wouldn't know this except by the Spirit. A word of knowledge is similar, uh, but often a word of wisdom can go toward the future where a word of knowledge is usually something that's happening in the present or something that happened in the past. You know, the, the Lord might show somebody that something had happened to a person in their life or something was going on in a person's life right then. That would be a word of knowledge. It's knowledge that wouldn't be just known by the person that the Holy Spirit is showing. And so uh, it goes on to say to another faith. Now, this isn't normal faith that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. But this is like a supernatural surge of faith, like your faith is all, all of a sudden turbocharged. And all of a sudden you believe something that is so out of the ordinary, so abnormal, and it wasn't something necessarily that you were meditating scriptures on to build your faith. It's just a manifestation. See, it's not a manifestation of you and your devotion time. This is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. 
See, and so all of a sudden you have this extraordinary faith about a particular thing. And some would say that Peter walking on water was in this category, that he had this faith, okay? It very, very well may have been that. And so it goes on to say, uh, to another, gifts of healings. And notice both are plural, gifts of healings. And so this would be, instead of laying hands on the sick, according to Mark uh, 16, verses 17 and 18, these signs will follow those who believe they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover, the end of verse 18. But this wouldn't be they shall recover. This was an instant manifestation of healing. See, so this is a gift. I would love it if people were healed instantly every time, but that's not what the Bible promises. But when the Holy Spirit manifests himself, and we'll see in just a minute, it doesn't just happen every time you want. But when he manifests himself, that healing happens instantly. We've seen this in the ministry of Jesus many times, but not every time, but many times in his ministry. And we've seen it elsewhere as well. But again, this is not what God promises. God promises and they will recover. But when the Holy Spirit manifests himself, that healing gift was given and uh, people were uh, instantly healed. It goes on to say to another, the working of miracles. Now, sometimes the working of miracles can include a healing, but it'd be like somebody, you know, if they had their thumb cut off and they, they prayed and a new thumb grew out, that's not a healing because there was no thumb to heal. That's a miracle. See, but if their thumb was bruised, they hit it with the hammer or whatever, or they broke it and it was instantly healed and now it's not broken anymore, that would be a healing. See, and so, and of course, walking on water and uh, some of the miracles of the Bible where the axe head floated for the prophet. You remember, uh, these are obvious miracles and different from healings. So it goes on to say to another prophecy, prophecy is speaking for God. But you're saying something by the Holy Spirit that your mind doesn't uh, conjure or that didn't come from your knowledge or study or preparation. The Holy Spirit starts speaking something prophetically and you're speaking as, as if you have the wisdom of God to be able to communicate that or articulate that. It's a word of prophecy. Some people would equate it directly with preaching and preaching should be prophetic. However... Uh, you don't have to be a pastor or, or a preacher uh, on a platform to be able to move in prophecy. And we'll see in chapter 14, Paul said, hey, you can all prophesy. The Holy Spirit can manifest that through everybody. And so it goes on to say, to another, the discerning of spirits, seeing into the spirit realm, the discerning of spirits. This could be uh, spirits are, are not beings in this natural realm. So angels, de demons. Spirits, and it'd be spirits, could be Jesus himself. He's, you know, he, he actually has flesh, but he's in the spirit realm. Father God, of course, in the spirit realm. And so this is the discerning of spirits, or we could say seeing into the spirit realm, the discerning of spirit realm. And it goes on to say to another, different kinds of tongues, different kinds of tongues. This would be the ability to speak a language that you never learned. And your mind doesn't even comprehend what you're saying. And the Holy Spirit gives people 
who are filled with the Spirit the ability to speak in spiritual language and pray in spiritual language. But in this case, it's not talking about for prayer. Notice these manifestations of the Spirit are for the profit of all. So this tongues is not the one that's a spiritual prayer language. This tongues that he's talking about here is tongues for the benefit of everybody else. And notice it's followed by one last gift of the Spirit, and it says to different kinds of tongues and to another, the interpretation of tongues. See, because people are not going to be benefited and profited if they can't understand what you're saying because you're speaking some foreign language, some language they've never understood. We'll find out in the next chapter. It could be a language of human beings on earth somewhere or it could be a language of angels. And so it says here, different kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And the way that this would work is you're in a group and you're maybe praying and all of a sudden somebody has, and they would be, of course, submitted to leadership in the way that they would process this. Paulo set that in order in chapter 14. But they would speak out in a spiritual language something that God is wanting to say, but instead of saying it in the understood language, they're saying it in a spiritual language. Then somebody else would follow up maybe and interpret that and say, the Lord is saying A, B, and C, and would be interpreting that. Now everybody can be benefited by the, the, uh, the partnership between the gift of tongues, a spiritual language message, and the interpretation of what that was. Notice not a translation, but inter an interpretation. But notice again verse 11, but one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, notice these three words, as he wills. As he wills. In other words, you just can't say, I believe I'll just prophesy right now. Well, if the Holy Spirit is giving you that, yes. But you can't just decide, I'm going to do a miracle right now. I'm going to do an instant healing right now. No, you can't just decide when the Holy Spirit's going to manifest himself. Those happen as he wills. So there are other things we can do. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We can do that. We can speak to the mountain to be removed and such. But you can't just force the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. However, if you are walking in the Spirit and walking full of the Spirit, my experience is that the manifestations of the Spirit happen more often when you walk full of the Holy Spirit. So notice now in verse 12, for as the body is one and has many members, and I, I'm going to move rather quickly now because I took some extra time on those gifts. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Jesus is made up of many of us who are members all over the world. So it goes on to say, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into the one or into one spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many members. So he's just saying that, look, this is where we need each other, all of us to play our parts, allowing the Holy Spirit who baptized us into Jesus when we got born again, allowing him to use us to minister. So like a physical human body, the various parts of the body are helping circulation, oxygen and such. We're helping the whole body and everybody's playing their part. So he goes on to say in verse 14, for in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Verse 15, if the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, 
I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? He's saying this is an inferiority complex and it's not right. Just because you can't do what somebody else can do, maybe on a platform or on television or something, that doesn't mean that you're not a significant part of the body and that your part isn't just as important as their part. It goes on to say, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole body were hearing, where would be the smelling? So we need every part. We don't need 14 feet on our body. No, we'd rather have two feet, a nose, a couple of ears, a couple of eyes, some lips, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? We need all these different parts to function correctly. And so he goes on to say in verse 18, But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. So God puts us where we would serve best and where he wants us to be as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet. I have no need of you. So notice before he was saying, uh, you shouldn't say because I can't do what that other part does, then I'm not significant. He said, but you should also not walk in pride to where I can do this better than you can. We don't need you because you can't do what I can do. And so Paul says, no, no, we need everybody to play their part. Verse 22 no, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. Think about your organs inside, your kidney, your liver, your pancreas and such. Well, those aren't visible. Those don't get the attention, the platform attention, so to speak. But, oh, are they important. Doesn't make them any less important. So it goes on to say... Uh, in verse 24, but our presentable parts have no need of, you know, that kind of honor and such. But God has composed the body, having given, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism or division in the body, but that members, uh, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church. Notice this verse, verse 28. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. Now when it says miracles, he's talking generally about the, the grace of an evangelist. And when he says after that, uh, gifts of healings, that would also be an evangelist uh, typically. Uh, helps ministries, administrations, variety of tongues. A lot of those is the pastors. So he really mentions the fivefold ministry. The last two, not so much by office title, but by the gifts that they flow in. Not that all the body of Christ can't flow in all of these because they can. If you're filled with the Spirit, he can manifest himself in any way, of course. So he goes on to say, are all apostles? The obvious answer is no. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. What a great chapter. I'll see you tomorrow for chapter 13. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. 
And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.